0: Welcome back to a special edition of the Nuggets in Podcast. Tim Connolly has left the nest, and there are tears flowing all over Nuggets land. Mike Singer has joined me in his lovely abode here in Capitol Hill, and we're going to talk about what went into this uh, dramatic uh, six, seven days, but actually probably longer than that. Um, so, Mr. Singer, this is going to be the Inquisition. What do you know? What happened? How are we saying goodbye to Tim? First off, tell me, when did you first start hearing that people might be coming after Tim?
1: I got a text message in late March. Late March. Asking me.
0: March Madness is still going on.
1: Asking me what Tim Connolly's contract situation was and asking when the last time Tim Connolly got extended was, and I looked it up. It was the All Star Game, I believe, in 2019 in Charlotte, and so you start to do a little bit of math on occasion. You know, there's there's like there's essentially two and three year extensions is what this organization is pretty much known for. Every few years, that's when this comes up. Um, I've reported that Tim was in an option year. He had an option this summer.
0: When you say that, when you say option year, you mean it was his option. I believe it was his
1: option. I believe it was his option. But the point is that he, if it was his option and he decided to pick it up, he it's in a lame duck year. You know, you don't have the security that you would want with it with a.
0: And or, they extended Michael Malone this year.
1: They sure did. They extended Michael Malone in March, and I think that there was a question if we are going to commit to Michael Malone as our head coach, why are we not also committing to Tim Connolly as our executive? Now, that in and of itself may have been a tell on, you know, h- how much KSE values coach versus the behind-the-scenes executive. That may have been an indication.
0: The guy that hired the coach.
1: The guy that hired the coach. Uh, but Tim Connolly, uh, you know, he, he had this, this question mark going into this summer, and I've reported that uh, there were – I mean he he wanted to get extended and he wanted he wanted to stay in Denver and w- was hoping that something would give and at the crux of this whole thing the reason why we're having this podcast uh comes down to the fact that they let it get this far. They let it get this far with Minnesota when all Tim wanted was some respect in terms of salary. What what, what do we talk about in the NBA? Money talks. All we wa- all Tim wanted was to get paid equivalent to a general manager or a president of basketball operations that has had some success, that is not a nascent or you know bright-eyed, bushy-tailed GM. This dude has been here for nine years.
0: And just just to interject: uh, the report is, I believe, five years. It's not a
1: report; it's accurate. Five years. Five years. Forty million. Forty
0: million dollars
1: plus equity. Plus equity, which is a nebulous term that nobody has any idea what the hell we they don't know how right much now.
0: equity we no. don't. It's it. Could, but uh, teams are worth. Billions at this point, uh, right? One or two billion probably for for the Minnesota. I don't have Forbes' list in front of me, but that's about where right. it's at. Um, so let's let's call it what it is: life-changing, generation-changing money. Yes, that's that's a lot of money. That's eight million a year. Uh, so obviously he was making less than that with the Nuggets.
1: Significantly more per on an annual basis. I, I was told three to four million, uh, for what Tim is making, uh, in Denver. You get an $8 million a year offer, you're listening. You are, yes. you're more than listening. And then you throw the equity component. This is a franchise in the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's been historically uh, underwhelming and has not really made it kind of splash that, that today's hiring you know, indicates.
0: I believe that Minnesota, correct me if I'm wrong, they have won a playoff series one year. They did two. They won two playoff series in that year, and that's the only time that they've won a playoff series in their history. I don't. I don't have that. It's I've been true. on.
1: I've been on Connolly Watch for six days, haven't slept, coffee at the ready. Uh, I have not been basketball referencing. Wait, wait.
0: Were you like four a.m. on Connolly Watch?
1: I wouldn't say four a.m., but let's say four fifteen. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I, I mean, for six, maybe five or six days, I've been on this calling all right so 20 wait, hold on. I called 25 to 30 people on this matt and i've been that's chasing a lot. it
0: that's a lot so okay 25 to 30 people when did this start getting serious
1: i believe i believe it started getting serious post serbia
0: um post serbia when you say post serbia you mean after the mvp celebration trip.
1: however when i also say that i know that that was brought up on the serbia trip it was a discussion point the guys everyone on that trip was aware
0: one of the Kronkies was there
1: Yes, but he didn't travel with them. he tra- i don't know where he traveled from, but he didn't fly commercially with them from Denver. the Cronkey private jet likely uh, I'm met- assuming
0: he has a private jet.
1: he does met them in Sambor or met them in Belgrade, and then as I wrote in that story, ro- drove from Belgrade to Sambor uh, to surprise Nicola. I thought they met him at a gas station they did they, they, they did Josh Cronkey, his party was ahead of um, Malone and Ogi and Felipe and. Uh, they're driving along, and, and then they wait, and they wait at the gas station. Josh gets there first, and then a few minutes later, the other party pulls up. They all put on their shirts, and then they go across the, sta- the, the street to Joker Stables, and that's where the magic happened.
0: Dreamcatcher Stables, I believe. Yes, we're called.
1: getting far afield. I, I,
0: I just wanted to correct you on that. Got that from Singer's story, by the way. Yes, it's a lovely story. So, all right. So it gets serious around that time. Yes. Uh, Reports surface, I believe it was on Thursday, last Thursday. Last Wednesday. Oh, was it last Wednesday? Okay. Last Wednesday. Um, And now we have this push, pull back and forth. I'm aware that it's coming. There's not anything I can, you know,
1: there's not a lot I can do, but I hear that it's coming and I hear that it's imminent. And I start poking around and I'm trying to gauge what the temperature is here. And I find out very quickly that it's real. The Athletic puts it out that they are pursuing him and they're in serious talks. And I know for a fact, Tim is struggling with this. Multiple people around him told me he is, this is among the hardest decisions he's ever had to make. We know he flirted with D.C. three years ago. Were were they
0: offering this kind of money? No,
1: this was not on the table. Uh, You know, the only place that they ever thought he would leave was uh, going back to Washington. He's from Baltimore, like go home. That'd be an amazing story. This, I, I think that, you know, Tim was not out here soliciting offers. He was not like trying to be, um, trying to leverage what he was currently making to uh, turn it into a bigger payday in Denver. Uh, I mean, Stan Kroenke doesn't like to be leveraged, A, and B, it probably wouldn't have worked. And so when people think that he, he went and solicited this offer, that's just not true What I've been saying the whole time, is it trying to leverage if this offer falls into your lap? Like, the Minnesota Timberwolves went big game hunting. They wanted Sam
0: Presti. Okay, so why do you think they were interested in him?
1: Well, I'm getting there. They wanted Sam Presti. They wanted Bob Myers. They wanted Masayu Jiri. That's a heck of a list, by the way. Yeah, it's a who's who of, of NBA and, GMs. And Conley falls into that list. Which is a, a testament to who he is among the NBA landscape. It's also a testament to where he's being compensated relative to those other names that I just mentioned.
0: Yeah, I would think 8 million Maasai probably makes around More.
1: There. Double digits. Yeah. He, all, all those guys I mentioned, double digits. So Tim has leverage. There is a window. And 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 there is a reason. Why, and I reported this the night of which of those guys was deemed the most quote gettable. It was Tim Connolly. And um, you look at the history that the Nuggets have with Masai. Historically, they don't protect their guys. And if Tim got has, more money from Toronto, if Tim has not been extended to the at this point, let's let's call up Nuggets ownership. Let's see if uh, he's uh, let's see if he's amenable to. Um, talk, if we're okay talking to him, if we get permission to talk, and uh, oh, let's see if there's any interest there. So I don't think this was Tim out here fishing. I think this is a, a new ownership group coming in and trying to make a splash. Glenn Taylor's here for one more year, then you got a ride and Mark Laurie coming in, and they're saying, hey, we know that Minnesota's been an, an also-ran you know, for X amount of decades. Um, we're going to get one of the top executives in the entire NBA.
0: So how difficult of a decision do you think this was? Does this just boil down to money? Does this boil down to loyalty? What, what What do you think is running through Tim Connolly's head as he's going through this? And, by the way, he goes out there on Saturday. We don't hear that he's actually agreed to a deal until Monday. Correct. There's so
1: many layers to this. Um, Tim does not have an agent. Tim likes to negotiate himself. He likes, he trusts his relationships. Um, he is, uh, probably loyal to a fault, friendly to a fault. Um, And he values that. And that is kind of the core of the Nuggets Foundation is everybody, you know, you hear the words alignment, you hear get along, you hear the communication, you hear the fact that everybody uh, vouches for Tim. And the reason why is because he he has a gregarious, outgoing personality that makes friends with everybody. I mean, there are people that, that tell me that Tim is among the best sources of information in the entire NBA because everybody likes Tim. Everybody talks to Tim. This is not a guy who has a huge ego. Let's talk about who meshes well with a Michael Malone. Michael Malone has an ego. And and Michael Malone, a well-deserved ego. He he is a winning NBA head coach. Not everybody meshes with him. It wasn't that. before he came here. And who and 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 so how does that dynamic work? Tim is the one who brought him in and said, I I think you can be a winner here. Um So to answer your question, Tim struggled like crazy with this decision. This is you know, where he's, this is the place where he's the house that he's built that engendered that offer from Minnesota. You have to have done something right. And with how loyal and how, you know, emotionally tied he is to everybody here, you can only imagine how much stress this put him and his family through, uh, over these last few days, negotiating, leaning on the relationship, the friendship that he has with Josh Kroenke. Josh Kroenke was in Serbia, was in Serbia on that trip. And, they celebrated what was a seminal moment in Nuggets history, going to Sambor and surprising Joker on his back. He didn't like people dropping in. They dropped in together and it was an incredible moment. You saw Joker cry. It, you know, Joker's tears made it worthwhile. Um, and, that's, and everybody on that trip, who, again, I talked to, they said it was like a really emotional, like really galvanizing moment, which is just why it's so disheartening that this happened X amount of weeks later after this group was so tight and flew across the world to get and present this guy, and you seem like this is a a close-knit, tight group, and then two weeks later, this offer comes in that you just can't refuse. And, you know, depending on on, on who you talk to and how much the Nuggets tried, they let a guy go who was the architect of a quasi-championship
0: contender and could very well be a championship contender in the next few years. I'm curious... You know, if you're Minnesota, and you know Tim Connolly loves the lady he's with. You know, he is absolutely ecstatic. He's been with her the whole way. They dated in high school. They went to college a deep together. deep analogy. All of that. And now they're getting this guy who, I mean, essentially they bought him in, in some way. And do you get the same amount of love? Do you get the same sort of tender care there? I I I just wonder, like when you're making that decision on Minnesota's end, does that come into the calculus at all that you're ripping this guy away from something that he loves, and now he's a hired gun?
1: Let's let's talk about the timeline here. Uh, he goes to Minnesota on Saturday with his family, and he he sits down, and talks to Glenn Taylor, who is again only in control for one more year, um, and from everything I've heard. The offer was given on Saturday. The offer is given on Saturday. He doesn't accept it until about noon on Monday. To me, what that says is that Tim is struggling with the decision. It's an emotional decision, A. And B, he's also dragging his feet and trying to buy time for the Kronkies to come up and for the Kronkies to give him something and make it worthwhile, make him stay. Uh, it's so emotional that, that he's doing all of that. He could, I mean what changed as far as we know, not a lot changed from Saturday until today, the offer, I don't think changed what changed, what, you know, to what degree did the nuggets counter, um, and to what degree, and again, comes back to money talks. How much do we value this guy that has built us this ship? And if, I mean, we have a track record, we replaced Messiah with Tim, maybe we can do so Tim to Calvin booth, who, who is the presumed successor. Um, can we do it again? Is that some level of hubris? Maybe, but I promise you, this was an emotional day, not just for Tim and his family, but for people on the nugget side too. I've heard the word devastating from people, uh, you know, in the front office, and, and you can just tell that the kind of culture that he has fostered there, th- their their guidepost, their north star is no longer there.
0: Yeah, so that's that that brings me to another question here, which is What does this do to the Nuggets organization? Because this is the guy who's been here the whole time that this particular iteration of the Nuggets has been built. And now he's leaving, and he's leaving because the Kronkies didn't show him the love monetarily that maybe they should have. And if you're in the front office, you're one of the workers with the Nuggets, that has to have some sort of impact. It's funny.
1: Um, I think that there's... There's a couple ways to look at it. On one hand, you're a Nuggets player, you're a Nuggets assistant, you are a coach. You're saying, wow, we did not pony up for the guy who helped build us this. What is the message that that sends about uh, you know, our ownership's commitment uh, monetarily? Valid, real questions that I think everybody should ask themselves. Uh, side note, I doubt this has any impact on what Nikola Jokic does this summer uh, where he's expected to sign the Supermax deal. A cool quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go play in uh, Antarctica for a quarter of a billion dollars, <laughs> uh, so I think I'm not too concerned that this has a, a market impact on that. The flip side of this is that, as I mentioned, Tim Connolly is probably loyal to a fault. He does not see things with you know entirely clear eyes. He has deep relationships with guys that I've reported could be could be considered movable this summer, and Monte Morris and Will Barton, um, does it in any way help? Does it in any way help to have a new set of eyes here and somebody who doesn't have that emotional tether to the locker room, to the players? Is there somebody who can be more of a MF-er, in a, uh, you know, to, to, to use a fun phrase? Um, because that's, for all of Tim's strengths, People love him because he's not confrontational. You know, that's people and that's not the only reason they love him. But is there somebody who can be more decisive and uh, and and a killer as they go into this championship window?
0: Did did somebody just go on the trading block that wasn't uh, 12 hours ago? Are you asking me this well I'm just saying if if now that you have this change in power all of a sudden are are there things that are doable are there players that are movable that maybe uh Tim again loyal to loves doesn't want to see go I'm sure he even struggled trading like Jared Vanderbilt you know was it three years ago
1: yeah I, I do think so I think that uh I think that everybody realizes if this is Calvin Booth's team, is he if he is running this team, it's go time. Everybody who I've talked to has raved about Calvin Booth. They've raved about his
0: and we're, we're and we think it's his. He's going to be the guy.
1: Yes, I, I strongly believe that it is Calvin's. It is Calvin's job, and um, I think that he is going to be aggressive. I think that he recognizes the window here. I think he sees that, you know, the last two years, they've had lost opportunities. Uh, we've we've kind of lost two MVP years in, in Joker. So let's do everything we can to maximize it. My point is, I just think that for all the emotions and the doom and gloom and the sensitivity and all the ties that everybody has to Tim Connolly, the other side of the cup when you wake up tomorrow and you're a Nuggets fan and you think about this, is it the worst thing in the world to have somebody reassess this roster and audit it and say, you know what? Maybe Tim was a little too close to player X. Maybe. Will Barton? You said that. I didn't say that. You know, maybe there's a move. To, maybe we don't need to be so loyal to our young guys. Maybe we, we have. Think about it like this Tim Connolly had a lot of job security. Tim Connolly had established a big track record. Michael Malone has some job security. Calvin Booth, he doesn't have the same track record as Tim Connolly. The other thing that people don't think about, like I mentioned before, Tim and Malone have a certain dynamic. Is the dynamic with Cal and and Malone going to work? I think so. I'm not entirely positive, but I think so. I think that's going
0: to work. There's all these unknowns that we are getting into. Michael Malone isn't nervous now that his buddies left.
1: No, Michael Malone has a job to do. He's getting paid handsomely to do the job. He's still got an MVP at the core of this team. Uh, I wouldn't say the expectations have dropped. I would say the expectations have risen, regardless of the fact that Tim's not there. Uh, it's like the babysitter left, and now it's like, are the kids ready to grow up? And that's, you know, that's kind of where we're at. Can they win next year when everybody's healthy? The pressure's not
0: going anywhere. So, all right, if it's going to be Calvin Booth, And we think it's going to be Calvin Booth is Calvin Booth going to be the president of basketball operations or is Calvin Booth going to be a general manager and they don't even backfill uh, his position right now as a number two, which is to say this, you've lost Arturus in the last two years and you've lost Tim Connolly in the last two years. So you've lost two pretty big pieces of what built your organization over the last what decade ish, I -hmm. would say, um, and you're not going to bring in somebody new to sort of back up Calvin, be a number two to Calvin. I mean, there's
1: a month left till the draft. You got free agency, x amount of weeks after that. But
0: even after that, even you know what I mean, like it, They didn't this pay this Tim
1: Connolly. They're not eager to bring in somebody with an even bigger voice than than Calvin Booth. This is
0: well, no, what I'm not even saying above Calvin Booth. Okay, somebody or below, below Calvin. I don't Booth.
1: think they backfill this. May, you know, I I think that there's a lot of trust in Cal. I think there's a lot of trust in the guys below Cal. There's uh, Tommy Balchettis is going to be an assistant GM. Um, I mean, he is the assistant GM. Does he get promoted? Potentially in due time, but I don't think- How long
0: th- has he been around?
1: He's been around. He, he, he's a part of uh, the, the uh, Lithuanian uh, contingent, uh, Arturis and, and others. So there's a lot of talent that, that, that Tim cultivated with still within this front office that I don't think is going anywhere. Um, I, am pretty, I'm pretty confident in that, that it's, that nobody's going. So nobody's following Tim to Minnesota. I don't believe so. And, um, so I think that there's a lot of confidence in this group and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of chips on their shoulder. Like, all right, everyone's going to, you know, you know, bemoan Tim leaving, which definitely stings, but it's like, Hey, we're not chopped liver. We're not like talentless people here, but
0: the double barrel leaving Arturus and him back to back
1: significant there's a midwest block now no one no one wants to go through that uh that back-to-back uh bulls timberwolves uh you know wednesday thursday doubleheader you're looking at oh two right there okay and
0: that's the other thing about this going to minnesota they're in the same division
1: oh it's rich (laughs) it's so rich western conference rival game 82 yeah team on the come up (laughs) Not that long ago team on the come up uh Carl Anthony Towns, a guy who staked his claim as the real MVP in a story that I did a a month or two ago. Carl Anthony Towns, man, there is going to be some juice between the Timberwolves games and the Nuggets games. The four times that they play next year. It is...
0: He's going to a roster that's pretty good, too. I mean... you could argue Tim's
1: not leaving if that roster is if that covers. If it's banned.
0: a rebuild, if it's a rebuild, you if, don't think he's leaving? No,
1: nah, everyone was asking me, do you think he gets more excited about this this uh, level of team building? No, I don't think he gets more excited. He had a team, he built a team. It was a, a contender. Right. If if healthy, they he are. He had the cont- George
0: Washington Bridge, and he just had to put a couple more planks up there. He had
1: everything. He had he had the house,
0: and they came in and offered him the mansion, and.
1: And if and, and it comes back to respect, if you're not going to if you're not going to take care of me and show me you love me, I'm going to have wandering eyes. How,
0: how much should Nuggets fans be worried that all of a sudden Minnesota is going to supplant the Nuggets organization here in the next one or two years in that division? Because right, right now it's kind of it is the Nuggets division at Utah, whatever, I don't. Don't talk to me about Utah. Right. Uh, But the the Nuggets have been the team in that division since, what, the last three, four years, you'd say? And now Minnesota's got the smart GM. They've got the young talent. Uh, I don't think they're capped out quite in the same way that the Nuggets are. So all of a sudden, you've got a real rival in your own division.
1: Yeah, I mean, boy, would I like to see the text messages between Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley right now.
0: Do you think Malik's worried? Is he? He's gonna get no.
1: I think Tim was a big fan of Malik, and uh,
0: definitely a big fan of Jared Vanderbilt. I think they went and got like hamburgers after you traded they, him, right?
1: That, that's accurate. So um, I think uh, it's it's fascinating on so many levels that this is a rival. You didn't protect your own. You're gonna see this guy. Like, I mean, it is so rich that that they let this guy go to that team in particular, a team on the come up. Chris Finch, former assistant coach on the Nuggets, is now their head coach. I, I believe that Tim is a big fan of Chris Finch. So that's, that's another wrinkle. Um, you know, Let's say they're two or three years behind uh, where the Nuggets are. They, you know, They went to the playoffs this year. It didn't go well. I mean, fine. They're a team on the come up. Anthony Edwards is a guy you build around. I've made the argument. I think Anthony Edwards. It's probably going to be his team. If it's not already, it will be his. team. Yeah, I would think
0: so within the next year or two. How quickly does Tim trade D'Angelo Russell?
1: Yeah, that's going to be a signature move, isn't it? (laughs) You know, we'll see what that yields. But um, just from talking to people around Tim, his head's spinning, man. Like everyone in his everyone in his orbit, they're like, "This is like this is crazy." I mean, I think I believe that Tim was. Didn't even believe it was real.
0: Right. I mean, he's got a family. He's lived here for a while.
1: Yes. He's got two kids. Um, You know, people were in his ear telling him, you can't pass this. Dude, what are you doing? Like, there's another point I want to make. Across calling all these people uh, over the past few days, there are NBA executives in the league that are telling Tim once word got out that equity was involved. Tim. Tim you got to take this. This is a precedent setter for us. Everybody in that, in Tim's position is saying, Hey, you are moving the bar for us. You can't say no."
0: no, no union for executives. I believe
1: on the other side of the coin, there are owners in the NBA that are looking at this deal and saying, you can't offer that. What are you doing? You can't offer that. That is a new precedent that we don't need to be giving to our, you know, our suits. Uh, doesn't Masai
0: have,
1: have equity? He does. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a different picture for Masai and Tim Connolly. One of them has a championship. Correct. One of them has a championship. Tim doesn't have a championship. And he just got equity in a freaking team. This is a deal you can't pass on. And once the emotions subside he's not going to be
0: mad that he took this deal. Okay, so <clears throat> one last thing before we move on to another topic. Okay,
1: I got one more point.
0: Okay, all right. Fine. I got another point. If I'm if I'm the cronkies, this is
1: someone raised this point to me this this week. If I'm the cronkies, one reason I'm hesitant to commit everything to Tim Connolly is because I don't own just one sports franchise. Let's say, let's say the Nuggets have won 58 59% of their games in the last four seasons. If I'm Joe Sackick, hey, man, I won 58 59% of my games. Pay me like Tim Connolly. If I'm Sean McVay at Los Angeles Rams, pay me like I'm Tim Connolly. Well, I'm
0: pretty sure he just got a raise.
1: Fine. Outside a of the point. Hefty one. Outside that. of the point. If I'm an Arsenal executive, pay oh, me like Tim Connolly. I, I believe
0: that franchise is burning to the ground right now.
1: My point is, this decision is not made in a vacuum, and there are internal precedents that this particular ownership group has to deal with that other particular ownership groups don't have to deal with. This was not in a vacuum. We know Stan does not like to budge. In this...
0: Have you been able to watch Nuggets on your TV? Yeah, there's that little minuscule three-season problem uh, as well. Another negotiating uh, situation where Stan did not budge. Has not budged. Can we, sued the other guy. Can we talk about this, though? When
1: that television contract expired in 2000, it was three seasons ago, 2019. whatever. You, 2019. August. It was because the contract elapsed.
0: For all of the carriers at the same time.
1: Is there a pattern here? Do we let things expire? Do we, do we not extend things? We extend Malone. We don't extend Connolly. Do we value Malone? Who knows how we feel about Connolly? Is there a, is there a common denominator there when you're, looking at, uh, when you're looking at the lapses that have been made recently?
0: Okay, so, uh, and I've read this in your story, and I want to get you on record on this. You're already on record in print. If this was up to Josh Cronkey, would we even be talking about this right now?
1: I think that the, if this was up to Josh, who, again, has a very close relationship with Tim, I, if it's Josh's choice, Tim's here, he's locked in a vault, he's not going anywhere. Someone made the made the comment to me, he probably has security for life here because of that relationship. This ain't Josh's call. And regardless of how hard or how not hard Josh fought, his dad and, and vouched for Tim Connolly, I
0: think his hands are tied to to a to a significant degree. Okay, so I'm just going to I'm going to say one thing to Nuggets fans who are maybe you know, looking over the edge a little bit, maybe, maybe, maybe a little worried about what's going on. The Rapids have an executive, Padraig Smith, by all accounts brilliant, very good. He's already built a winner with the Rapids. The Avalanche have a GM, Joe Sackick, who has the best team in the NHL, and they might win the Stanley Cup in uh, five weeks. Tim Connolly, they hired him too. Maybe the Cronkies are really good at hiring management and they just believe, just like maybe Tim Connolly believes he can draft a guy, they believe they can find somebody to run their organizations and do it well.
1: And if that's the case, um, and they have a track record of doing Messiah that. Messiah Jury, also theirs. And, and if they have a track record of doing He's that. He's pretty good then then good for them and if they're confident then it was the right business decision sometimes business decisions get muddied with relationships and everybody who you talk to will tell you that Tim was a different breed he did not treat this like he was a suit he did not treat this like like just from let's say i know um, I, I know five or six other president's executives in that ilk tim's not like any of them tim fosters relationships with people and prides himself on those relationships. Um, Like I, I, I know Tim very well and, and he does not take himself seriously. And when, when I tell you that he did not want to get paid or expected to get paid, like one of those GMs that we mentioned earlier, I'm not lying. He just like, I think he would have been happy had he gotten paid middle of the pack of, of the NBA and, and said, and been doing backflips because Tim's not one of these dudes who's lost perspective and, you know, realizes like he, he's still in a pinch me job. He, he's made a a, a career out of basketball. He's gotten to travel all the t- all over the world. He told us that when he sat down with us for the podcast, uh, in October or whatever year, preseason this September. season, uh, he told us how fortunate he is at the, but at the end of the day, what, what matters more than money is respect. And, I ask myself how how respected did he feel, how valued did he feel here, and as soon as and I also wonder did in the amid negotiations did the cronkies take advantage or take him for granted the fact that he is so loyal that he is uh has such deep ties to this team, did they overestimate their hand, did they not realize that Tim was willing to walk and is that how we're here today?
0: On that note, I think I'd like to get to the man who might be running the show. We think, we're pretty sure, is going to be running the show. 98%. 98% believe is going to be running the show. Calvin Booth, Penn State legend, Calvin Booth. What a pull. Oh, I, I remember watching him as a child. Uh, so We don't date ourselves on this show. No. <laughs> All right, so Calvin's running the show. What does that mean? What's going to happen? What do you think the trajectory of this franchise is in terms of maybe how aggressive they are, what sort of deals they're going to do? Is this a team that's still... They're on track to paying the luxury tax. Are they going to get cheaper, or are they just going to go for it?
1: I'm just going to tell you, I've talked to a lot of people in the last three days who have vouched for Cal as a talent evaluator, as a guy who is not, doesn't live the same, you know, elbow rubbing, gregarious lifestyle, doesn't have the exact same uh, characteristics that Tim does, that's fine. Again, it might be time for fresh blood. It might be time for like a new set of eyes and a new perspective. I think Cal is going to go for it. I think Cal realizes I don't have the same job security as Tim did. I think Cal is going to be aggressive. And look for they know where they're, where they're weak, they know where they come up short. And any of those moves that Tim might have been hesitant to pull, I don't think those, that same thought process goes on with Cal. Okay,
0: so if he's aggressive, to me, here, here's how I translate aggressive. I translate aggressive as, hey, all of a sudden Bones Highland is a trade ship, because let's face it, if you're going to bring back something of consequence, he's the best trade ship you have. Young, good cheap. And you're going to have to attach him to another contract, Will Barton. And you're going to have to maybe attach him to a draft pick. They got a first round of this year. They can trade it on draft night. So, am I on the right track there? Is that something you think is possible or am I just talking crazy talk?
1: I don't think you're talking crazy talk. Most of the time I think you're talking crazy talk. (laughs) This is not one of those times. I think that uh, everybody outside of Probably, you know, outside of Nicole and Jamal are probably uh, available in some capacity.
0: Michael Porter Jr.
1: Probably available if Aaron if, Gordon. Probably if somebody like these deep ties, they, Cal did not build this team like Tim Connolly did. You know, I, I don't I, I think he is going to do whatever it takes, whatever helps the bottom line. If you can get, you know, I mean, I'm not even going to speculate guys. if there's an improvement, in, including a guy who ostensibly was a core piece, I think he's available if you can improve. That's how I expect this next season to go.: So it's hyper aggressive. Everybody realizes you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be dancing in June. Everybody re- went healthy. This was the chatter, and, and as good as Tim Connolly was, he's not, man. We're already past tense, as, as good as he was at his job. He's not putting the ball in the hoop. The core is
0: already there. What can you do with the core? Wow. That, that, that to me, I, I don't know if I'm scared, excited. I, I, no, you should be excited. The,
1: the, the core is not going anywhere. Jamal's going to be healthy. Who's not watching when, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Who's not watching when, on nation, when they're on national television, <laughs> when Nicola, Jamal, and Michael Porter Jr. are there? The fan base ain't ain't you know ain't ain't going anywhere. The rug wasn't pulled out from the fan base. The rug was pulled out from the head of the organization. The, the players are still there. This isn't like a like trading one of your core pieces. I mean, it has that kind of feel for it because you know this guy was his his tentacles were everywhere in this organization. But the players are still here. They're still going to be very relevant in oh, the no west in the no, west in the coming in the coming months. There's no
0: doubt about that. I, I I just wondered. I, Gosh, Bones Highland, already beloved in the Mile High City. And, you know, you know that someone like that...
1: Sometimes you got to be ruthless,
0: Matt. Oh, man. Oh, wow. That is rough. That is rough. So I want to... This is going to be an awkward transition, but I want to... Because we're we're talking about cutthroat right there. Let's get to the the touchy-feely hugs and and, 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 uh, just unity that I got reading your story in the Sunday Denver post about real our, harsh,
1: real harsh transition. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, all right. All right. Um, it's
1: like, like a, like a DJ Mike scratch. <laughs> I,
0: I, I think we had to, we said what we had to say about Calvin and we said what we had to say about Tim. And I want to talk about that. Just lovely heartwarming story about the nuggets, uh, the unified nuggets going out to present the MVP to Nikola Jokic on his farm, his stables. I don't know, is it a a farm? is it a farm, right? Oh, yeah. It's a farm in Sambor, Serbia. Uh, The emotional gathering, all that went into it. You're reading it, and you're saying, wow, this is is an organization filled with love. And um, it came across in the story. uh, First, tell me the reporting that went into that. And, you know, you're talking to these people Partly, while some of this is going on, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I knew that they were going out to Serbia, um, and I did not say anything. I'm sitting on it, and I'm like, okay, this is how they're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. I knew that there was going to be a really awesome presentation. I was eager to see what was coming on TNT. Prior to that trip, I had reached out to a couple people who I knew were going, and I said, "Hey, I would like to talk to you. You know, you know, if we I can't talk during the trip, then we'll talk as soon as." you guys get back from the trip. Fine. I make the rounds. I call as many people as I can. I think I ended up talking to four or five people who were on that trip. Really got a lot of perspective of, um, you know, what went into it from the planning side, the logistics of it while you're moving. And I mean, like, I think they were awake for 24, 36 hours, like after they left Denver, fly Denver to Munich Munich to Belgrade then they drive to Sambor and talking to the people there, man, it was a landmark moment. I'm not overstating this. It was a landmark moment for like the nuggets history. The fact that it was such an organic fly by the seat of the pants. Uh, and I realize this is a podcast about Tim Connelly's departure. Anybody who knows Tim Connelly knows his fingerprints were all over that trip. Anything that is goofy that is uh spontaneous that involves Eastern Europe, you can bank that Tim Connolly was involved in that and more than just involved in it. He had a large part in orchestrating that and facilitating that, and to see i I write it in the story, Nicole yogic does not like it when people stop by he likes he likes his off seasons, but this was you know again, as I wrote he didn't have a choice here. this was something where they said. We can either let the moment pass or we can celebrate it. And now that I think about this in retrospect, as I've reported, he, they were talking about Tim's potential departure they were, and, and Minnesota coming after him.
0: So a swan song in some way.: A swan song, a
1: last hurrah. Did Tim what, what was the likelihood that Tim knew he was going to leave when he is sitting? at the Arsenal-Tottenham game with Michael Malone in the away section getting called a bloody wanker. What is the likelihood? Can we say wanker? Who, who knows? I, I, th- TBD. Nobody even knows what that is. It's cool. But what is the likelihood when they are partying with Nikola and they're singing Serbian songs that he knows that this is going to be it? Probably not, but in the back of his mind, he knew it was real enough to talk about. So maybe it adds a, a couple more layers of of emotion and savoring uh, of how special that was knowing that hey this group that we built this with with nine years around this goofy self-effacing uh superstar that nobody in the world thought would ever become a fourth of what Nikola Jokic become maybe we're going to savor it a little bit maybe we're going to take
0: one or two more shots of rakia just to see what happens speaking of rakia one of the one of the My favorite gems in the story was that apparently Nikola Jokic was drunk for his TNT interview with Ernie Johnson.
1: Well, I I will add this caveat that I did not include in the story just because it was not as much fun. Uh, I do think that there was some bread involved and there was some uh, and there was some food and water that was consumed (laughs) in an effort to uh, not just Nikola. I think Nikola was fine because I got the cup of coffee out. My man, my man can hold his own. But, uh, well, he's a large man. I large would think man. it
0: takes a lot to get that man drunk.
1: Yeah, but I think some other people, other people may have eaten a slice of bread or two uh, because of, again, think of your, your your time zones are all messed up. You've been traveling for, you know, 24 to 36 hours. You haven't slept. You have a shot of Rocky. You're on cloud 15. And you ate some fish stew. You ate some, well, that was the next day. Oh, oh the fish stew was the next day. I'm the sorry. The next day. It's okay. But, um, they were all in a in a goofy state of mind, which is only adds to the fun and only adds to the camaraderie and how and again, how you're not you don't travel across the world like that if you're not close with the people you're doing it with. And they all recognized what it was. And maybe they didn't know the implications several weeks later, but in the moment, they all valued and cherished what it was. And it just takes on such a deeper meaning, um, knowing that the architect of all of that
0: is is now in Minnesota if the Nuggets win a championship in the next couple of years do you like do you send a ring to Tim Connelly You're like, hey you you kind of had a piece of this man
1: if they beat them in the Western Conference Finals I don't think uh, I don't <laughs> think you could send a ring to Tim Connolly. I think he'd throw that ring into a uh, Lake Minnetonka
0: is that is that in Minneapolis? I, I I've heard it that you you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, right? That was from Purple Rain, I believe.
1: Yeah, where's uh? What are the, what is it in the Mighty Ducks? Where are they all from? Oh. You know that you know the town. It's uh. It's been a while since I've seen that it's film. It's fine. That's where Tim's Tim's kids are going to grow up playing hockey. Forget <laughs> about basketball.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think we've we've touched. Just about everything that we wanted to talk about uh, in the wake of this big news with Tim Connolly going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, we unfortunately, once again, do not have time to read some of your comments, some of your reviews on iTunes. We will be doing it soon, and we're going to be giving away stuff. Um, our our producer uh, is also a photographer, Aaron Ontiveros, also known as A.A. Ron, and He will be sending out prints of some of his best shots. And if you have read any Denver Post copy, you've probably seen his shots uh, with the Nuggets. Again, five stars is the only thing that we require of you. After that, talk about Mike's terrible baritone. Uh, Talk about the fact that I'm uh, a little too soft-spoken. I'm sorry. I, I just got past a note here. It says, uh, "Oh, I, and, and you can also comment on Stan if you want to. Oof. If if you if you want to weigh in on on our guy uh, Stan Kroenke, uh, Enos is actually his. Did you know that Enos is his first name? Oh, I knew. If you wanted to talk about Enos Kronke, um, feel free to do that in the reviews on iTunes after you rate us five stars. And we will reward the funniest, the best, the most creative of those reviews. Five stars. Again, all we want. Mike Singer, thank you for joining us. Thank you for providing your fantastic insight into the Nuggets organization. Always good to sit down with you and talk about the Nuggets. Anything you want to talk about outside of that? Anything you want to plug?
1: No. I'm going on vacation. Haven't slept in five days. People, Everyone I reached out to is tired of hearing from me. I will be apologizing to them and then not talking to them again for a long, long time. Um,
0: That is my my parting shot. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to us. We'll be back here again soon. Turn around You're living